You are listening to Cape Shit, a podcast taking a chronological and often spoiler-heavy look into the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, one film at a time. Okay, let's get this show on the road, gang. Meet the sulky, over-funky, kinda hunky superhero A two-fisted and electrically transistored superhero An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero The viral superheroes have arrived Superpowered from the forehead to the toes Watch them change their very shape before your nose See arcane striking superhero change to Viking superhero A-ha-fling and real swing and shield fling and superhero They're the latest, they're the greatest, ultimate superheroes The Marvel superheroes have arrived When Captain America throws his mighty shield those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. It is led to a fight, and a duel is due, and the red and the white and the blue will come through when Captain America throws his mighty shield. All right, and welcome to Cape Shit, episode five. We just uh, conferred with each other and counted them up in our uh, half-drunken states and figured that out. This is the podcast where we talk about the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and uh, the history, etc., etc., whatever. Anyway, uh, today we are going to be covering, if you looked at the uh, show notes or the title or whatever in your podcast app, we are going to be covering Captain America, the first Avenger from 2011. Um, this film is uh, very much near the bottom of the uh, grossing. This is about the lowest grossing of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Made $176 million uh, domestically, $193 million. Uh, worldwide. Um, it did win its box office. Number uh, two was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows, which was uh, hanging around. Uh, Friends with Benefits, which is the Natalie Portman fucks around, or I think that's the one where she fucks Ashton Kutcher movie. That was, uh, in, trans- that was Mila Kunis, wasn't it? No, there were two of those movies. I think Friends with Benefits was the um, was the one with uh, Natalie Portman, but oh, uh, okay. I could click on it and find out, but why bother? Um, <laughs> Transformers Dark of the Moon was number four, and Horrible Bosses was number five, so that puts us in the uh, place of where we are in the cinema history at this point. Um, which one is this one? It's the one that introduces Caption America. It's got Hugo Weaving. It's pretty good. I didn't even introduce my co-hosts. That's what a terrible person I am. Uh, I'm Daniel. Uh, with me is my regular co-host, Lee. Lee, say hi. I'm not going to kiss you. Wow. Okay, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I, I don't blame you. Uh, I'm also joined by Greg. Greg, say hi. I will kiss you. Awesome. Sounds good. And Carrie, who is the only one I really want to kiss on this podcast right now. Our beards could get tangled together. That would be pretty amazing. I'm, I'm definitely down for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right we'll see I'll, you next week for the avengers yeah also introduce uh greg's wife agnes who is sitting on the sidelines oh yeah she's giggling I wasn't, in the background i wasn't sure if she was going to jump in on this one or not but uh greg's wife agnes is sitting and listening to us be um deeply stupid and will probably um smack greg at some point during the making of this podcast that's my expectation would be required okay fair enough fair enough thank you for joining us agnes 
Anyway, so uh, today we are going to be talking about Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, the one that kind of leads into the Avengers, uh, as you can tell from the title. And um, yeah, so let's just go go around. I saw this one in theaters in 2011. I don't remember really feeling strongly one way or the other, you know, kind of I liked it a lot. Um, I've liked it a lot more upon rewatching it and sort of the online culture around it, which hopefully we'll get into shortly. Um, but uh, let's start with you, uh, Carrie. When was the first time you saw this? This is one of the few I actually didn't see in the theater. I saw it uh, as soon as it was out digitally, I think, like online kind of thing. I found it and watched it. Is there a way to yeah. watch it digitally but not online? Is that is that a thing? I guess even yeah, Blu-ray is digital. Your Blu-ray. Yeah, no, true. Yeah. Well, but I'm yeah. saying like, you know, downloaded and watched. But yeah, sure, that's yeah, what yeah. I did. Yeah, so I want to say I guess that would have been probably generally it's about six months or so after the movie comes out, maybe a little bit less, but in that time it's frame, way less the, now. It's like yeah. three months in like 2019, and, but I think in 2011, yeah, well, it was still fun, like funny enough. Months. Like random thing, uh, I was supposed I went on a first date with this girl, and we were supposed to go see Captain America, but it wasn't here yet or something. Like North Bay is sometimes a little bit stupid with movies, and we ended up going ended up going seeing that Transformers Dark of the Moon movie which I feel so horrible for paying money to go see that Transformers movie. <laughs> and yeah, and then ended up, and she ended up going, like we went to that on that one date and just kind of nothing really materialized. And then we were friends on Facebook though. And she commented, made a post about how terrible Captain America was. I guess she went, she was the kind of girl who was like, I'm going to go on a first date with all these random guys and get like a free meal and a movie from all these different oh. guys all the time. Kind of, that's, oh. what, it, that's what I kind of got from it. Yeah. And so she went with somebody else and saw Captain America. And eventually when I saw it, I texted her being like, well, you're just so wrong about how this movie was not bad. This, this, I thoroughly enjoy this movie. Anyway, I apologize. Took too long. Go ahead. Oh, no, it's fine. We, we ramble on this. We ramble on all our podcasts. It's the way it goes. Greg, when did you uh, first see this? I just want to point out that on my first day with my wife, it was between Rambo and Juno, and I have the feeling if we had watched Rambo, my wife probably would not be my wife right now. <laughs> I just thought I just thought that was a funny little thing based on that. That that, 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 that would have been like the uh, the newest Rambo that came out, I guess. The one, yeah, the one where at the end he sticks the knife into the guy and then he rolls him down while all his intestines are coming out, like in a nice thing. I don't think my wife would have been too into that. She's got tolerance now, but she didn't have much tolerance to violence then. I should I should just highlight here the first movie I ever saw with my life, my wife, my now wife was uh, No Country for Old Men. That was the first movie we saw yeah. together. Wow, that's that's a good movie. And the I second was There Will Be Blood. Back. So I you know, that movie. nice, nice. So my first time with Captain America, probably very similar to Red. Well, without the dating part, I'm pretty sure I watched it when it came out on uh, Blu-ray. I'm not saying I obtained it legally, but it was definitely some method I could have just downloaded it on my PC. I am actually a terrible Marvel fan in that I've only ever seen one Marvel movie in the theater, and that's Endgame. So pretty much is giving my answer for the next 20 podcasts is that I watched it around six months after it came out when it came out on digital release, whatever Fair enough. that was. Fair enough. Lee, when did you first see this? And uh, also just lead us into uh, general thoughts about the film. All right. I think first time I watched this was a rental when that was still a thing I could do. <laughs> so uh, hence, hence it still had the uh, six month release thing because it had to go to all the rental stores before it showed up uh, in like, you know, the cable services and stuff. I like to imagine that you didn't even that you actually rented it on VHS. <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> you, you, you know what? I 
think of that was still a possibility in my store for some titles. Even I mean, I know then. Canada's like twenty years behind the U.S., but you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know, uh, but yeah, like I they like they made a limited run VHS thing just for rental in Nova Scotia. That's my that's my mental <laughs> image. <laughs> they might have those backwards Canadians and the uh, the eastern provinces. Fuck them. No, but uh, I rented this, and I do recall that this was a night where. I can't remember what else I had, but it was like a night where it's like, oh, I'm going to rent a bunch of movies and watch them. So by the time I got to this, I was very tired, and I didn't think too highly of it by the time I finished with it. Uh, we'll get into my thoughts, of course, here in a sec, but it, it was a night of drinking and watching other movies before this, before I got into it. And when I first watched it, I was like, eh, this is all right, but I didn't have that much familiarity with Captain America like as a comic. Like I'd never read any of those comics when I was a kid. So I just always sort of thought, okay, he's kind of the slightly less dorky Superman, kind of. Sort of the same kind of character, though, you know, the, the, the sort of like really pure force of good type of character who uh, does the right thing all the time. And Although I, I, th I think maybe you could make a case that Captain America is even better than some uh, iterations of Superman because he's actually willing to like question his government and stand up against his government. Oh, don't worry. We're going to get into that. Okay. Okay. But uh, yeah, on the second watch, I liked it quite a bit. My opinion of this movie has grown exponentially after the second watch of it. I loved how this felt like a throwback to the sort of like late 80s, early 1990s uh, remakes of all those pulp serials. And then it was like, oh, hey, the director... Uh, what's his face? Um, Joe Johnston. Yeah, yeah well, I was going to get into this, so go ahead. Did the Rocketeer. It was like, oh, well, no no shit then. Uh, yeah, I, I, Joe, I just... Joe Johnston, just to throw it in here now, uh, he was sort of like a, a visual effects guy who uh, got started working under Spielberg. He did visual effects for like the first two Jurassic Parks and then directed the third um, and did a, a whole bunch of work like that. His first uh, directorial film was uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Um, he would go on to like direct uh, October Sky, uh, The Rocketeer, as you mentioned. I mean, you know, he's, he's done a lot. He's a, a very kind of like classic director and i think that a lot of the pleasures of captain america the first adventure come out of that um you know kind of attitude towards the material so sorry just go ahead lee i was just trying to throw that in now that was my one thought about joe johnston yeah uh, so like my second watch of this i was i really greatly admired how kind of true to those sort of uh serials uh, it really was like some of those old pulp sort, sort of stories but at the same time it had you know a modern touch to it it was smarter than those films uh, i had it had it was more knowing of what it was and and it sort of took the genre it sort of took those trappings and put them in sort of a almost modern context in a lot of ways i liked the cast all the way through i, I thought everyone in this was really great uh chris evans is just fucking fantastic like not only is he greatest captain america he kind of is captain america in real life like <laughs> <laughs> chris evans punched david duke on twitter uh, once and Whoa. it's one of the like great moments of Twitter as far as I'm concerned. Just yeah. this week he clapped back against uh, Tommy Tommy Lauren whatever her name is I think yeah, was, oh, yeah yeah in a pretty in a pretty great way like yeah Chris Evans is a stand up individual so I, I enjoyed this quite a bit um, it, it does a really good job of introducing Captain America um, it, it sets you up for the Avengers of course kind of just briefly sets you up for the Avengers though because it, it really is concerned with showing Captain America as a character and, and trying to like fit his, not only his origin story, but it, it tries to give you little 
drops here and there of his career throughout World War II, because the movie actually spans like three or four years from when he enlists and gets the super soldier serum, and then he goes into the ice, and uh, you know, then he's gone for 70 years. But yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's really, really good. I, I quite enjoyed it the second time around. Awesome. So does anyone not like this film? Are there any kind of like big, you know, it sounds like we all kind of enjoy it. So I don't want to reiterate that necessarily. Um, any kind of big picture criticisms that we'd like to offer? Uh, just throwing it out there for anybody. I mean, I have some, but uh, my, you know, I'd like to get it from somebody I, else first if possible. My, my one random one, like I, re, I rewatched it recently. I've watched it fucking at this point, probably like 10 times this movie at least. And swimming. The scene where he like when he first becomes Captain America, uh, like gotta speak yep. also the the CG to make Chris Evans be tiny oh. Chris Evans holds up beautifully. Like it's that that is some well done shit putting his I, head on that tiny I person. I still think it looks a little creepy to be honest. It, it, it's creepy because it, it is it's, <laughs> it's weird, but it's done it's done so well you can't. Well, it's really... because we know what Chris Evans actually looks yeah. like as well. Like that's yeah. the that's, you know it's if it was sort of. Like if you didn't know who he was, it wouldn't necessarily feel like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's almost kind of like a what's his name, uh, buddy who was Batman and did the Machinist. Oh, oh Christian, um, Christian Christian Bale, Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah. yeah, he got all like super skinny, but like Chris Evans, like obviously could may could have maybe got super skinny, but wouldn't have been able to become shorter obviously but just the way they were able to do that i think was fantastic my main, main criticism i was talking about though the scene where like uh he comes captain america and then chases down the car and then the guy gets in the sub and chris evans like you can't swim that fast underwater as a human you just you just unless you have like aquaman powers or something there, there's a certain there's a certain like uh, resistance that water offers that like you just can't physically swim that fast water, right water, yeah. Yeah, even like even that, with superhuman strength, you're I, you're fighting against resistance. Yeah, I, I feel I, like they should. I feel like they should have made that scene like the sub just got underwater or something. And Captain America ran ahead, then jumped in and got it on top, and then broke it. And instead of like catching this submarine, <laughs> which is powered, probably going decently fast through the one, and he's able to, you can't swim that fast. That was. I I just, love that I I love that what what just happened here is I asked for like big picture general criticisms of the film. And Carrie's answer is, I have a I have a technical problem with the way that like one shot in this movie works, which really just speaks to like the kind of overall quality of the film. I think uh, ultimately, uh, aside from that, like again, that's like my little I guess nitpicking at this point because yeah, I did. I guess I missed the whole big part of the. Hey, there there might be a big picture fuck up here though. Uh, it, it might be they weren't tightening the script up enough because uh, sort of early iterations of this, they wanted to have Prince Namor show up in this movie. Maybe Prince Namor was to like grab Captain America and sort of swim him through the water with his special Atlantean powers. And it's I... like, oh, we're 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 writing him out, but there's still an artifact in the script where Captain America catches that sub. I did. I had no idea. Like that. That would have been like Namor has not been introduced in the MCU yet. And he's a, he's Marvel's Aquaman. Basically he's a fucking, he's his power. He can fucking hold his own fighting one-on-one against the Hulk. He's a strong, badass, awesome character who, why have then even mm. like the, the new phase they introduced that has been shown in like uh, the, what a comic comic they had, it's been shown. There still isn't, maybe he'll be mentioned somewhere, but he still hasn't been 
confirm no one's playing him no one's nothing like how the hell are we're, they not we're gonna get 40 years of marvel movies to figure this out it's gonna mm-hmm. be fine ultimately that's yeah. That, that's yeah that's valid that's valid Greg, I'd like to get to your or, or or Agnes. Actually, Agnes, I would really like to get your thoughts at this point. Um, Greg, you can chime in if you choose to. All right. What are your What are your thoughts on this? So at first, I wasn't quite. I feel like the story of leading up to him becoming or being chosen as sort of the person kind of took a little bit too long. But then once it got to there, then I really started to enjoy it a little bit more. But I think. The leading up to part just was a little bit too long for me. So it was a little bit too long as skinny Chris Evans for yeah. you? You wanted yeah, buff, there, buff Chris Evans? It, like, it, it just, <laughs> I, I feel like they could have gotten there much quicker and done more with, with the actual sort of post-new Chris Evans. So should, so you should have just gotten the serum a lot quicker? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I have comments on that. I'd like to get your thoughts first, Greg, but I'd like to come back to that you know, shortly. So, Greg, your, your thoughts any real big comments on this movie i really like this movie this might be a bit controversial but i believe of of uh phase one marvel this is my favorite movie that includes i I think it's better than iron man i think it's better than the avengers i've always really really liked this movie now i will say uh despite what i said about it being creepy earlier the very first time i've seen this movie i actually had no idea who chris evans was and i did not know the cg was the cg and i actually had to look look up after the movie was was the real chris evans was he the skinny guy or was he the buff guy and i actually had to look that up online now once i knew that after that, I can never get it out of my head, and ever since t- every time I've watched that movie, I've not watched it ten times. I carried it, but I've seen it probably five or six times. Yeah, ever since then, I couldn't get it out of my head, and the skinny Chris Evans creeped me out. But the very first time I watched that, I didn't know, and I will say the CG worked. It, it, it worked to trick me as a casual viewer, which I still consider myself to be. It did work to trick me. Did you ever watch the Fantastic Four movies where he was the Human Torch? <laughs> no wow. one's watched oh. those movies. Oh. Yeah, I know. No, no. Like the, 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 the first one was okay. The second one was a little bit kind of meh. I, I, watched, I, watched, uh, I, I watched screen caps of, uh, of What's Your Face playing Sue Storm. That, that was about the extent of it. <laughs> Jessica <laughs> Alba, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fair enough. No, fair really, enough. really my, my go-to Chris Evans pre-MCU uh, is, uh, is not that, but uh, not another teen movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that... And he's very good. He's very funny in that. Honestly, he's a legitimately uh, good actor, you know. Yeah, he gets yeah. panties thrown in his face. Well, there's a uh, he movie puts a jumped. banana in his ass. I mean, and ultimately, yeah. what's the what's the greater? What else can you do as an actor that's better than putting a banana in your ass? A uh, movie yeah. just came out uh, today or uh, yesterday with uh, this red as a Netflix movie, one of their more ambitious movies uh-huh. as far as actors and stuff, with him in it, called oh, yeah. uh, the Red Sea Diving Resort, which I have waiting to watch in the wings kind of thing for me. Yeah. So yeah, 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 I want to watch that too, yeah. The listeners will not know, but uh, Carrie is literally like steepling his fingers and like like a supervillain. <laughs> I have it waiting in the wings to to listen to 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 watch this film. Uh it did it did strike me as a very kind of Bond villain kind of moment. Um anyway, so uh just just speaking of the um of Agnes's criticisms there, I actually sort of have the opposite opinion, and that is that um I really love the setup of this. I really love 
Chris Evans is, a, uh, you know, as an actor, I really love the giant heart of the the first kind of half of this movie. I love, I mean, the scene where he's tested by Erskine, the scene where, you know, like, I mean, the moment where he says, you know, like, is this a test? Yes, it's a the test. Grenade. The grenade. When he jumps on the fake well, and grenade. And the grenade. Like, honestly, like, let's, let's not, like, uh, I think, I think everybody listening to this knows that, like, I track Nazis in real life. I have deep affection for this character, which makes me just love this film regardless. Uh, once you get past that kind of first action scene, once you get past the kind of like liberating the the camp and kind of liberating the, the POWs, the rest of it kind of becomes a little bit kind of generic action. It's well-directed. It's well-shot. It's It works is what it is. But ultimately, it's, it's kind of like uh, the film just kind of goes limp at that point. And I feel like, you know, I'd like to get Agnes's uh, thoughts on this if she's still uh, sitting there. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the, the issue kind of becomes that the promise, the themes of the first half aren't fulfilled in the second half. That kind of becomes the issue is that it feels like it's it's almost two films. Like one part is kind of generic World War II era action stuff. And the other part is a little bit more kind of thematically resonant. And um, Agnes, tell me I'm a shithead. It's fine. <laughs> no, you know what? It's funny because I feel like and maybe it's a little bit of an impatience on my part where you know what the um, I don't want to use the word end game <laughs> But I, that's the word that comes well, Origin stories, sorry, sorry. Origin stories are always problematic, and I definitely agree with that. Sorry, go right? Ahead. Like you know, you know where where that story's gonna end up. So you're just kind of like, just get there. Like I just, okay, like I just want to enjoy him as captain. For me, it was it was just that, like, okay, come on, okay, is this now? No, not yet. Okay, is this now? No, not yet. So maybe it's yeah. just a little bit of ADD, a little bit where I just I was a little bit impatient. As far as the Marvel stuff goes, though, like, you know, like, of course, a lot of people have seen the comics, know who the people are and stuff, but a lot of people don't. So, I, I again, I feel like I, I agree with Dan on this one as far as the, the setup of Captain America was, it, it was a little drawn out, but it was drawn out in such a, like, Tommy Lee Jones, you got to see a bit more of him, and he, his character in this was fantastic, and Peggy was just great, and, like, just, and then, like, the little kind of introduction of the other, uh, soldiers and stuff and then like going through the uh, montage of him training and stuff and then that, that, that was one that was a random nitpick of mine like sure he's small and stuff but why do they hate him so much they're going to kick the fucking thing out in the yeah. obstacle course and make the barbed wire fall on top of him like how, that would be so horrible to try to get out of that would suck so bad now, I, I just want to point out for a second that my wife has a little bit of different experience than the rest of us in that we we watched this movie essentially leading up to Endgame because we, we had tickets mm. to see Endgame and I wanted to catch my wife to, up to the MCU as quick as possible. So I believe, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I believe you had already seen some Avengers movies at this point. Probably. I think you had already seen Avengers and probably Avengers Age of Ultron at this point. So you had, you had we sort of went back to watch this movie. So you already sort of had an idea of who yeah. who Chris Evans as Captain America was. So I almost wonder if that maybe changed your opinion where you're like, I already know where you are. I just want to see you kick some ass no, and maybe yeah. take your shirt off because you're hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, there's a, there's a great moment where right after uh, Chris Evans becomes Captain America, there's the there's the uh, young woman, you know, putting the hand out and pulling it back as uh, you know, wanting to fondle the the new pecs, uh, which is something that I run into with uh, you know, pim- people of all genders who approach me uh, regularly. Oh. It, it just kind of happens. <laughs> Oh, no, no, and no, those of no, you no. who only know me through audio uh, should uh, accept that unquestioningly. You know. Someday, someday, someday. <laughs> yeah. Actually, so sp- so speaking on on this stuff, not the peck stuff. Uh, speaking on the uh, speaking on the continuation of personal stories and stuff with characters. That's a big problem with a lot of these MCU movies. Is that a lot of them aren't concluded until like three or four movies down the down the road, like Iron Man's journey takes yeah. several films before you really get conclusions to his story. You get closure on a lot of issues. Same well, with Captain America. Iron Man and Captain America are pretty much the only ones you actually get. Like, spoiler alert, anybody watched Endgame? <laughs> anybody who like, has seen but yeah, like, the literally top-grossing movie of all time? Yes. Pretty, yeah, throughout the entire arc, Captain America and Tony Stark are the only ones that you actually... Well, yeah, Captain America... He's still there. He's still he's just an old man, but you get kind of the the close to their arc. Like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are done with the MCU. When, when you pretty much so. old man Chris Evans' as Captain America beat the shit out of old man Clint Eastwood from uh, uh what's the name of that movie? Uh oh, Grant Torino. Grant Torino. Wouldn't you love to see that? I would love to see that. <laughs> he he, he, he but he died at the end, so yeah, they, they both died, yeah. I guess. But uh-huh. yeah, fight, fight. Well, and, and you know, Chris, Chris, the thing is, Chris Evans, even as old Captain America, and at that point, like he's really fucking old. He could probably still do it. He's still got the super soldier serum. He's he's the only well, one who has the. He's the only one in the whole Marvel universe who has the super soldier serum that actually works properly. So, like, even 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 there, yeah. he he, he well, he's he's probably well, like, like the yeah, yes and no. Like, I don't want to like spoilers for <laughs> spoilers for when we get civil, to this in two years it, when we talk about in game. It's not yeah. even yeah. civil. It's not even civil war. It's on uh, what is it? Uh, the Winter Soldier. Which the Winter Soldier or civil Civil War is the one I'm talking about. Where like there are actually other people. Oh no, so, there's other there's other people, but but all of them became uncontrollable monsters basically because because they had. Imperfect versions. Oh, of the yeah, yeah, I, yes. I'll give you that. You get, that's a valid point. True and and and, a, and Chris Chris Evans is shown as there, there's almost a there's almost an aspect of and it kind of connects to picking up Thor's hammer that he's the only one worthy of the super soldier serum. There's there's almost well, that weird thematic connection, which, which ultimately well, comes I, I, back to Erskine's whole whole logic of this, you know, and the whole like mm-hmm. thing of, you know. Sorry, I know, Carrie, you want to say, but like, this is one of the things that really like matters to me is that like Captain America is a superhero because Steve Rogers was already a superhero, right? You know, and you know, willing to kind of like fight these fights, and you know, a weak man who is given the ability to to you know beat the shit out of the worst people in the world, and that's something that's a really powerful metaphor, you know, in the you know in kind of this age, and um. Something that, you know, it just kind of matters to me. At the same time, it kind of becomes, you know, the fact that he's coded as America and then he's kind of coded as like a military man 
and within the sort of American military system then becomes this really complicated semiotics, which I don't think we're actually going to get into because that isn't the place for this. Well, I mean, in, in, in broad strokes, American exceptionalism is kind of accepted here. There's no questions asked, and Nazis are kind of just brushed aside and made into Hydra. Like they, they, right, they don't right. Really... Like it's not even like he doesn't even fight Nazis. He fights Hydra, and yeah. you know that becomes well, the, like the, the, the Nazis whole... are there. They're there. Like the, that whole right. scene where the, the Nazi leaders come in, but through the whole thing, it's like he, like Red Skull, is commanding his troops, and for whatever reason, they're all Hydra. They're like a a, a branch of Hitler's military until the, he did, until yeah. he finally like definitively but the movie i I have so many thoughts about this that i cannot possibly get into in this like (laughs) with five people uh trying to lead this podcast so i'm just gonna like say it's just a weird thing to put like because they're they're, they're playing with actual history and it's 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 awesome to put superhero stuff into there but at the same time it leaves you with all these like weird existential questions Mm -hmm. about like what 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 happened here? There's, there. there's like, the idea of like why doesn't Captain America stop the Holocaust? And the answer is like well because like in the real history like he doesn't stop the Holocaust, right? You know, yeah. and but and then it becomes like this kind of like you know it becomes like well so what what does that say about Captain America that he doesn't do that? And the film sidesteps that by just kind of making him like oh no no you're just going to go after like the sci-fi villains, which is fine in terms of like it works in terms of the film, like it works as a structure thing oh, yeah. but it ultimately kind of like it just kind of it you're, you're not supposed to think you're, you're not you yeah. just don't, you're not supposed to think about the holocaust while watching captain america that, that's kind of the way they well yeah everybody the, the, like anybody yeah. who's like like i'm you watch is like this is this is a great movie but 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 the holocaust it's kind of a weird tangent to go off of while you're watching a fantasy movie Wait, okay. you're you're, you're saying what you're saying Walt Disney doesn't want you to think about six million Jews. <laughs> oh, oh, well, well, Walt Disney wasn't involved even at that point, was he? Jesus <laughs> Christ, Greg, well played, but, well played. But uh, but yeah, no, the movie doesn't want to tackle those issues. It, it's uh, and honestly, that that's kind of rooted in its sort of uh, pulp roots, though, in a way, because it, it glosses over the actual horrors of war. And actually focuses on oh here's the here's the here's the clear cut bad guys here's the clear cut good guys good guys gonna punch bad guys world is safe Every, everything's fine like it it really well, does simplify it to that level well and World War Two ends up kind of becoming a, a sort of like this, this sort of mythos of like pure good and pure evil without yeah. kind of thinking about the uh, well, the, the world you know, the world war is almost a backdrop. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's just like it's happening in the back, but like the the, the stuff of the movie, the he's he's thwarting a bunch of Red Skull's plans. You see that whole montage where Red Skull pulls up in his awesome car. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck, god damn it, and all this stuff. But he's like, he's. As far as like Hitler goes, I, I like to nice. imagine Red Skull just kind of like pounding on the uh, desk and going "Robot House." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like there's not really any reference to like the the whole Hitler actual World War Two stuff that's happening, aside yeah. from that one scene again where like Red Skull kills those high ranking no, people. It all it all it all actually feels like you know, and again, like I didn't read the Captain America comics, but I do have sort of a broad knowledge of what they kinda were. It's very much rooted in the sort of uh American uh war propaganda stuff. Like it's it's very much that kind of thing. Like if you were raw raw America you could 
fit within the comics code, and you could punch Nazis, and that's fine. But you don't talk about what the Nazis really were, other than they were bad people. That's it. So and that becomes it, a thing that you know we kind of use Nazis as this sort of like you know a generic bad people kind of thing, which you know yes they are bad people. Again, as someone who knows a whole lot about Nazis at this point, <laughs> they're terrible people. But at the same time, uh, when we uh, treat them simplistically uh, and when we treat them as kind of like movie serial villains, it only uh, serves to make more Nazis in a weird way, uh, which, again, we're not going to get into in this podcast because this is supposed to be fun, but we have to talk about Nazis. I apologize. Uh, if, if you want to see something that, even though they don't really go in depth either, there's probably a more emotionally kind of resonant depiction of the Holocaust and stuff with the first uh, X-Men movie where you see the young Magneto in the one of oh, the yeah. death camps kind of thing. And, and, and then almost reshot scene for scene in the uh, was a first class movie. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, uh, yeah. But those are uh, real Marvel films, so we don't. Well, they're, they're going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Uh, Greg and Agnes, I haven't heard from either of you in a while. Would love to get your thoughts if you have any. Are they still there? To what Nazism? Or just anything that we've said so far? You know. <laughs> well, I, I think the only thing overarching. I know uh, some people really love war movies and some like kind of set in that time, and some people kind of don't. I particularly didn't grow up watching war movies. Um, I know some people have a fascination with them. I didn't. So for me, I don't know if I would have glossed over some important, you know, information, kind of what you guys were just talking about, because I didn't grow up watching a lot of these war movies. I didn't watch a super high number of war movies myself, like Saving Private Ryan, obviously, and maybe a few yeah. others. But like, it wasn't like, you know, a, War movies didn't come out. Actually, the most recent one I saw was probably that uh, the hell with the Brad Pitt and the tank and. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but it, uh, it, it yeah, was, no one knows the title of that. It's fine. It was really good. Whatever the hell the name of it was, it was a damn good war movie. But yeah. again, it's not a genre. I, I'm kind of like take it or leave it with that this, genre. This was this had some war movie elements to it. But, but it's not really... over, overall, it was more just an action. Well, kind it, of yeah. it takes the iconography of the war movie and then like abstracts it from the reality of the war. And I think that's kind yeah. of what we're landing on here, you know, which is fine in the sense of like if you want to make a popcorn action movie that's kind of about Captain America coming in and like killing the bad guys. It also like avoids the you know kind of moral complexity of uh, what the American Empire has kind of become after the war and what like you know it kind of avoids any kind of any of that kind of stuff, which is ultimately something that like feeds into the Marvel Cinematic Universe all the way through, like to today. That's something that's just there in it, and something that I'm like deeply interested in. And part of the thing that I wanted to do in this podcast was to, you know, talk about like kind of, or at least kind of gesture towards that. But also, it's something that like, well, within the uh, the capitalist system of like making movies. Uh, about uh, superheroes in World War II. Like, this is just something that's just going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of the nature of it. Like, you can't criticize the American military machine in a movie that make, that, that costs $250 million. You well, just can't. Especially if, you, especially if you want to use any of their equipment when you're shooting <laughs> right. a film. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, we'll get to that, particularly when we get to the first Avenger. Uh, you know, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Sorry, I'm I'm trying to, like, rotate between people. It's a, you know, anyway, anybody who wants to talk, please jump in. I just want to mention something I thought was really fun, and and this goes to the director's sort of uh, background. 
he just legit rips off the speeder chase from Return of the Jedi at one point with the uh, motorcycle oh, yeah. scene oh. <laughs> where they're driving through the woods mm. and he's got all those gadgets on his fucking motorcycle. And it's also kind of a callback to the 1990 Captain America where he's always driving mm. a fucking motorcycle all the time. The Albert Pune directed Captain oh, well, America. We need to do that. I've never seen that. We should definitely do that at some point. Yeah, yeah. That's a classic <laughs> one. <laughs> I, I'm just going to make a point. I, I don't want to get into all the stuff. I'm nowhere near sober enough to even discuss Nazism with Daniel. But I just want to make a point. Nobody when is we're, drunk when we're enough sort of to talk the, about Nazism with me. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Greg. I, I when we're sort of taking the entire Captain America series, I'm going to compare it to the Thor series, which I was not on the podcast, but you guys did that one last time. And I think they're both good movies. I think when it comes to Thor, they almost took Thor really seriously, and now it kind of comes off as a little bit goofy. And then the third movie, the last one, took Thor in a different direction where it made it more humorous, where I feel Captain America, the first one, I think, kind of had the humor, and then I think the second two, they almost lost the humor a little bit. Now, they're they're almost doing a different thing because at that point, they're basically... Avengers 1.5 and Avengers 2.5, but I almost there's still feel there's, there's there's still a good amount of humor in those movies. But I feel the first one kind of has just a little bit more to it. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but like like the no, part you're right. really funny, and I, I I just found it so funny when the the villain is running away and throws a kid into the fucking water, and Captain America's like, "I'm gonna save you," and the kid's like, "No, it's okay, I can swim. Just keep going." <laughs> no. When when we get to them, we'll we'll talk more about this. But you know, the the, the next couple Captain America films, it it becomes more about Cap the character actually like questioning what he believes, and you know, even though again doesn't get too super deep about it, but you know, he questions what side he's on, what he believes, and stuff like that. So it, it is getting more serious, you know. What they realize pretty quickly, and this is something um, I, I think, um, Carrie, you mentioned this. Uh, Chris Evans is like perfectly cast. Uh, Chris Evans becomes the anchor that this whole series is uh, based around. I, I would argue even more than uh, Robert Downey Jr. He's, is, he's uh, the uh, he's the hero that he's the hero that Robert Downey Jr. aspires to eventually become. Well, well, God, there's so much like the comparison between these two in this film. We'll see if we get to that. I don't know. We'll, we'll I know we try to back, keep these maybe. short, but like I, I could talk about this for hours. Um, the um, the complexity here, or at least Chris Evans is kind of amazing in this role. And the, the, the difficulty becomes both being a this kind of morally upright character but also someone who is like kind of willing to embrace a certain um, uh, kind of moral complexity. You know, the thing with Superman is he's kind of always like a Boy Scout and they kind of never give him like a real like choice. And I think yeah. increasingly as we get through the Captain America series is like ultimately like they realize that they need to keep him as this kind of morally upright character who isn't a stick in the mud, but who also is not going to like compromise his ideals because there's a, you know, multi-billion dollar like military industrial complex that's going to like crush him if he goes against it. And of course that's a hugely complex thing within like real world politics. But also um, I think, I think Chris Evans, you know, the interesting thing is that Captain America is by far the, the weakest Avenger by almost any measure. And yet, uh, in uh, a way, not the... next to like Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, like Captain America could beat them both down. You, you mean, oh, you, no, mean Scar- you mean Hawkeye Scarlet and Witch. Black Widow? That's yeah, what I Black meant. Widow. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, sorry, not Scarlet Witch. Yeah, Scarlet Witch is really fucking powerful. Fail. Yeah, fail. Yeah, 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 no. Yeah. 
okay of the, of the like powered avengers he's clearly the the least powerful of, of any of them you know and they never really get away from that and that kind of becomes a weird thing in the avengers in the first avengers movie which you know we get into anyway uh, i've been talking for a while i try not to do that on this podcast because i'm supposed to be hosting but really it's just me like spewing out my uh theories about everything so uh somebody else talk for a while um, greg you're on my screen talk <laughs> well again I, I i sort of feel not as strongly as the second and third captain america movie but i almost feel like this movie almost sets up things for future things not maybe so much directly the first avengers but i always feel the captain america movies are like the point five avenger movies and this one although it doesn't directly lead to the first avengers so much is established in terms of i can't even think of his name but the father stark Tony Stark's Howard father. Stark. Oh yeah. yeah, Howard Stark. Oh god. Yeah, sorry, Howard, so Howard Stark. I couldn't think of the name right there. And so much is established with Hydra and stuff like that. For a lot of this stuff even leads into sort of the last Spider-Man movie, which is like the the latest movie. So it's like there's so much here established that really kind of follows almost the like you all almost want to call it the spine of the Marvel Marvel universe that. I don't even feel the Iron Man movies have as much of a stake in, and definitely not the Thor movies. There's a lot of really important stuff established. Even Red Skull ends up being a major issue. I was sorry, well, not an issue, but a major, a major-ish character in Infinity Wars and Endgames. Even though I know he's played by a different actor, but he has to do with two major characters dying. So without spoiling too much. So I mean, there's an awful lot in this movie that really goes throughout the universe that really expands on that and there are kind of two threads in the series in the in the mcu which are you know those kind of space space magic series and the uh military industrial complex series and the captain america movies uh kind of track the latter as opposed to the former and the the more you put captain america in the space magic stuff the less sense he makes but i think that's a that's part of the joy that's part of the complexity that's part of the interesting thing about captain america i don't know like uh, Lee, you were trying to talk earlier, and I completely ran over you because uh, that's what I do on these podcasts. Uh, please, oh, for I mean, we've been podcasting for years. I'm already used to it, so it's all right. Yeah. Um, oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's all. It's all. <laughs> uh, originally, in this film, there were. Uh, I'm just going to go through a little bit of trivia here. Uh, originally, uh, there were cameo appearances planned for uh, Wolverine and Magneto in the World War wow. II stuff, but of oh, course, really, but really, at, wow. yeah. But at, of course, at that point, right. It was still split between Sony and, uh, like, what, Paramount or whatever that was. That would have been so cool. But, uh, I mean... I like to think that they would have, like, characters like, you know, like, it's Electro and uh, the Squirrel <laughs> or something. You Ele- know? <laughs> Electro and, and the, uh, yeah, and the, uh, the uh, Electro and the Bobcat or some shit Shut like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, when you think about it now, since all those rights are now back at the home base... And they're going into their future phases. You could do a thing where you know you could insert Logan in World War II in his origin story or something like that, and he happens to be in the battle of Captain America digitally by his side. Or if they get Chris Evans back for a couple cameo scenes or yeah, whatever, right? Yeah, you can do that shit. You can, they can do oh, anything. They, they, now. They, they, these days, it's it's scary what they can do with deep fakes and shit and that kind of stuff. It's yeah. it's it's nuts. I yeah, can totally imagine cool. them paying Chris Evans a million dollars to be on screen for like ninety oh, seconds. I, I would, I would at this point, I'd pay him because 
how much money you're going to get back out of that fucking 90 seconds a lot yeah uh, <laughs> just going on this sort of super serum uh, soldier formula stuff here red skull's deformed appearance which was something i had a big issue with by the way the first time i watched this film I was like oh that looks kind of goofy I'm, I'm more into it now because his body rejected the serum because it was an imperfect version of the serum and he was also not worthy of the serum uh which yeah. is kind of a theme no, when he takes when he takes the fucking mask off, like I thought that 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 CG, the Red Skull look, like I, I've, it looks I've, great. I've, I've I've read a lot of comics, and I don't know, yeah, have you guys watched the uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the cartoon series? No, I've never seen it. You guys have you seen the Justice League series? Seen the Justice League, yeah. Earth's Mightiest Heroes is on par with that Marvel style. Like, check that out. It came. It ended. It was I think four, maybe five seasons long. Not as long as the Justice, Justice League run, plus Justice League Unlimited, but it's it portrays all these characters in just such a an awesome way to kind of get more awesome. But without reading comics, kind of thing, watching some cool cartoons, I highly recommend it. So, like going on that, this is exactly what happened to uh, to Emil Blonsky in the Incredible Hulk, where he's injected with the serum and it leads to him being deformed into the abomination because he's not worthy of the serum basically is, is the kind of idea there. Another thing here <laughs> at about eight minutes, it's one of those, like uh, you, you, you got to catch it really quick. You got to pause your DVD or whatever. Uh, summary of the stuff that was afflicting Steve Rogers before he became Captain America. Summary of patient health issues. Oh yeah. Asthma, <laughs> scarlet fever, rheumatic fever, epilepsy, Cyanitis, chronic or frequent colds, high blood pressure, palpitations or pounding in heart, easy fatigability, heart trouble, nervous trouble of any sort, has had household contact with tuberculosis patients, parent or sibling with diabetes, cancer, stroke, or question mark. So they, they, made, they, made, they made him the weakest possible person ever. Before right. they make him into he's Captain a, America, he's a totally viable candidate for the army. But, Come on now, but he's got the big, totally. uh, biggest heart. That's the thing. <laughs> like he's got the enlarged heart, basically, is what they're saying here. Uh, and also, just a little nice little connection to uh, again, like uh, the the roots of this and the sort of pulp stuff, and especially like Indiana Jones. Uh, in the beginning of the movie, Johann Smith, Red Skull. While gazing at the Tesseract says, and this Fuhrer digs for trinkets in the desert, which is basically a line from Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, where they're, you know, they're talking about the fool cult stuff and, and, and all that, where, you know, Hitler's, you know, he's invested in it somewhat, but the fool cult is kind of sort of working independent of him, and that's kind of what Hydra does in this movie, uh, and in this universe, Hydra is kind of like the fool cult working independently of Hitler. And then all that shit. So, uh, cool shit. Cool shit. Yeah. There, there, there's a lot of like cool, um, you know, thematic residents with, uh, you know, sort of, sort of esoteric religion, et cetera. Um, I just want to like highlight the, again, not to bring the real world into this, but, uh, you know, uh, who were the first people killed in the Holocaust? Uh, it was, uh, you know, uh, disabled people, medically uh, disabled people who were yep. considered a burden on the German state. Uh, yep. you know, Maybe Steve Rogers had a uh, personal like feelings about that, uh, you know. So I, I guess we should wrap up, sort of give like any yeah, sort of yeah. final thoughts. 
Lee is taking over for me. He doesn't think I can continue this podcast. No, I, I, I think you do. <laughs> I think you can. I'm, I'm just kind of reading your mind at this point. L- listen, yeah. Lee, Lee, is, Lee is not the dictator you want. He's the dictator you need. Yeah, no, no, I was, I was definitely, I was definitely planning to, uh, to kind of wrap up. Uh, the one other thing I would say is that uh, Tommy Lee Jones uh, is very good in this because mm-hmm. he sleepwalks through it, like yeah. it's very much the Tommy Lee Jones character. My father, who is uh, now uh, passed on, he reminds me a lot of uh, Tommy Lee Jones in this movie. My dad would have really liked that, like nice. you know, and, it, and it's just kind of one of those. Rewatching it, I just kind of had like feelings of of my dad, who I had a kind of complicated relationship with, and uh, I don't really want to talk about it. But um, you know, it was it was kind of a a weird thought. Um, Agnes, also, I'd really like to get uh, any of your final thoughts because uh, if I don't ask for them, I don't think you're gonna provide them. What do you have? What are your final thoughts on this? Uh, I really enjoyed the movie. I love a lot of the stories. Um, I know it's something so simple, but even how he got that shield. Um, oh yeah, yeah. we didn't even talk about the romance element uh, in, in this. Um, There's a lot of stuff we really didn't talk about in this. Yeah, the, the romance, and I kind of didn't like how um, it, I was actually just kind of trying to refresh my memory, and there was that girl from Game of Thrones, how she was in there. Natalie Stormer. Yeah, yeah, and she was oh, yeah. trying to stir trouble and stuff. Um, I feel like you know the romance was kind of your typical, like you feel like you kind of have to do it. Um, did they really need to do it? I don't know, but uh, I enjoyed it. There's in that it, element. It, yeah, sure. it's, it sort of paid off in Endgame to a degree. Like the romance sort of it yeah. came to an end. Then he, had, then I think Captain America had sex with his niece or something like that. And <laughs> yeah. then, and then eventually he got back with his lady at the end of Endgame. Yeah. So I mean, was a I guess, weird I, guess I guess long term it did serve a purpose, but. Um, I, you know, there were a lot of kind of feminist moments where, you know, she was woman in charge and, you know, great and all that kind of stuff. But I, like that aside from a from an entertainment perspective, which is what I usually go for with movies, I'm not the kind of person that would, you know, try to look for the meaning behind it. I'm more of like, was this entertaining? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was nice. It was fun. Two thumbs up. There you go. Two thumbs up. Awesome. Any further thoughts from anybody? Anybody wants to throw something in? Now's your time. I don't have anything interesting to say particularly, but I okay. I, you I, can I, shut up then. I That's think fine. This movie, you can analyze it all you want. You can do whatever you want with it, but it's. I, I think this is just a super entertaining movie. I think you probably you know CG CG and and special effects aside, you could have broadcast this movie during World War Two. It would have made a great propaganda film, but. Yeah. It is what it is. Like it just—it's—it's a very feel. It's almost like a feel-good movie, more so than probably any other movie in the MCU universe. And it's just—it's a whole lot of fun. And I—I—I I, I love this movie. I think it holds up better than any of the other stage one, sorry, phase one MCU movies. Carry your thoughts. Final thoughts. Big fan of the movie. Again, yeah, you can nitpick small little things here and there, but overall. The way he introduces people, the way, again, like going to the Howard Stark thing and like another nitpick, like they introduced flying cars. It wasn't perfect. They had to work on some bugs, but that was way back then. How did they not? Like the government must have suppressed it or something, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Where's our fucking flying cars now? Yeah, well, no, yeah, no. Yeah. This, this ends up being the uh, giant flying uh, aircraft carrier thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I get even like even hovering cars. Like make make a car that can go I don't know three feet above the ground so that it still follows the road. But imagine how much longer roads would last if all the cars hovered. 
You know, just like I, I like to imagine the 1940s version of the giant aircraft carrier, which only goes three feet above the ground. No, I'm, I'm saying for the car version of that technology, you bastard. Again, sorry, side random side <laughs> tangent. But overall, yeah, big fan of the movie. The acting is really good. That the CG still 90% holds up as far as watching it again, like recently. And uh, yeah, just the, the setup again. The way they put the little small elements here and there to reference future stuff. Like, the, the way they planned the whole MCU giant fucking thing was a masterclass in how to do interconnecting films and stuff. It's, it's, it's amazing what was accomplished with this whole thing. I'm yeah. Done. All right. Lee, final thoughts? I consider this... Kind of like in my top ten of uh, MCU films at this point now. Uh, yeah, I, I like yeah. it that much. Uh, I really loved it. Uh, this is something I would pair with like the Rocketeer in a double bill. I think it works really well. And I mean, fucking Chris Evans. I'm gonna watch him play Captain America in anything. Like he's he's that fucking good. That great a character. That enjoyable a character. For all this sort of uh, depth issues that this movie avoids, uh, as far as entertainment goes, and far as like just giving you some good sort of superhero pulpy goodness and this movie just does it in spades it, it does it really well so i love it agreed uh that's the end of the episode uh thank you to everybody for being on uh greg uh tell us where we can find you on the internet i got a question are we gonna be discussing the first turn on tonight no we that already was the last did that episode that oh, was, oh that's, yeah, I'm a weak yeah you missed you missed that oh that's unfortunate I like that movie. It had a lot of nudity in it. Um, <laughs> again, I, I say this every week. So, so literally, Greg is Greg is talking about another podcast on the same feed. Oh. Uh, on another, like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, listen. I'm talking about the titties that are involved in that podcast. You can find me on Beer Burglar on YouTube. I guess since last time I, I plugged myself, I got one new subscriber. So yay! I'm at 26 subscribers. Uh, subscribe if you want. It doesn't cost you any money. I occasionally post content, really occasionally. But it doesn't hurt you to do so, so subscribe, because why not? Agnes, are you on the internet? I, you know, we, we really we should invite you on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am not anywhere on the internet. And don't stalk her on Facebook, because that's weird. And <laughs> yeah, so so that's that, that's just what I'm gonna say. I'm not so no, you can't it. follow her anywhere. Did you want to plug your Instagram? Oh, that um, you, you really probably shouldn't. You probably okay. Don't don't follow her on anything. She doesn't like you. You, you get a bunch of people like asking for mm-hmm. pics. That's that's probably not the way you want to go. Like you know. No, I'm just known as Greg's other half. There you go. Okay. Better half, I would say. Um, Carrie, where can we find you on the internet? I'm on the YouTube and Instagrams and Twitters and all that fun stuff as Redbeard. Beard is spelled B-E-E-R-D because I like the beer. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, oh I see what he did there. There yeah, wow. Clever, clever. Secrets revealed. And, and I want to say, uh, again, thank you for having me. Uh, it's my birthday right now. It's, it's yeah. My yeah, happy birthday. But th- thank you for having me on my birthday. It's been a great time. For another 50 also, since we, since we all got started birthday. doing this on, okay, I guess not. 
Since we started doing this as like beer reviewers, it is it is, it is interesting that uh, Captain America literally cannot get drunk because of the uh, the magic uh, superhero powers. Oh, and, I feel like, so sorry for him and Wolverine. They both can't get drunk. It sucks. Yeah, but, but also, I, but also, I, I, like I would trade, I would trade the ability to get drunk for uh, being able to do what Cap does. Honestly, uh, yeah, I, yeah, would, not, for, I feel like they potentially could get drunk if they like had an IV of like pure alcohol and like you know ran it through for a while they could yeah. have like they get drunk for a bit they could get drunk but just very much not in the same way that we can and that would be sad and, you if, know if, if I, they really want to engineer their ability to get drunk they could probably figure it out at some point but yeah <laughs> and, you, and you know if 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 i had captain america's powers i'd just be a terrible captain america because i would squander those powers because he is a fucking pussy magnet. Every goddamn woman looks at him like, "Ooh, I'm gonna get me some of that." I mean, if Natalie Dormer looked at me the way she looked at him, uh, there's no, uh, you know, like. Does the super uh, does the, does the super serum protect him from STDs? At, at that point, I don't care because I don't think he could die from them. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Lee, where can we find you on the internet? Let's just move on from this topic. Yeah, you, uh, you can you can find all my podcasting goodness. That's all on this basically this feed at tmbdos.podbean.com. And if you're so inclined, you can go and find me, Lee Russell, on YouTube. I have started doing beer reviews again, so there you go. Oh shit! And what's your new uh, name, Mister Lee? Well, the 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 name of the uh, beer reviews are the High Tide Imbibe. But if you just search for Lee Russell beer, you'll you'll find me. Okay. Oh, yeah. You could find me on Twitter if you choose to do so, which you probably don't at this point. But you can find me on Twitter at Daniel Lee Harper. I mostly uh, fight Nazis. I I literally fight Nazis. I have a (laughs) podcast where I talk about that. It's called I Don't Speak German. You can find that at I Don't Speak German.lipsa.com. If you want to listen to me talk about uh, the alt right and other terrible 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 people and the things that they say to each other because that's a thing that i do at this point and if you're listening to this you probably already know that but um yeah that's a thing anyway uh thanks to everyone for listening thanks to everyone for being on this podcast i apologize if it's slightly incoherent and uh goodbye next time we'll do the avengers and that'll also be fun bye avengers to fight swift and true for what's right night and day who will do all this and more for America carry the dream shore to shore for America from Hoboken to Spokane We can't ignore There's a threat in the war From within 
what's right night and day Who will do all this and more for America What we began You have been listening to Cape Shit. For other episodes, please visit tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you, drive through.